What's up, y'all? We're live. We're back. We're here to talk some Spurs. Thank you for showing up. If you're already in here, I saw there were a couple of you guys waiting earlier. Maybe maybe us going a minute over. It just it just everybody left. No, now I see now I see now I see some people in here already. So we appreciate you guys. I know there's been some people on Twitter that have interacted as well um, with all the the updates for the upcoming shows. So we appreciate all that. But Ethan, let's just jump right into it. There are two Spurs, although although we lost some Spurs that played in the Olympics this year, we gained mm-hmm. a lot of them, and two of them are gold medalists. Uh, just what are your overall impressions of Keldon Johnson and, and Greg Popovich being gold medalists, Ethan? I'm proud of Coach Pop. He proved everybody wrong, including, you know, to an extent, you and I, a little bit worried that maybe his coaching prowess was kind of falling a little bit. Uh, but he proved us wrong. You know, he went on a streak and he got himself a gold medal that he has been deserving of for a very, very long time. And proud of Keldon Johnson, too. I know he didn't get that many minutes, but just to be a part of that and be around those guys that are, you know, championship caliber, all-star level players, it's got to be an outstanding experience for such a young player. And I'm excited to see what he learned and what he's going to bring to our team um, coming out of this experience as well. No, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about Keldon Johnson and just being in this experience, being around NBA All-Stars, being around Kevin Durant, arguably, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one of the arguably the best player on the planet. I think after this performance, you know, you can say that maybe he's not, you know, you can argue him and LeBron all you want. You know, you can have your personal yeah. opinion. But I think after this, Kevin Durant is the best USA Olympic basketball player ever. Mm. Awards wise, you know, with what he's done, the amount of points he's scored. Yeah, all the accomplishments that he's he just has more accomplishments. You can say that MJ is better than KD and I'm not going to get mad at you. But when it comes to accomplishments in FIBA and Olympic basketball, um, Kevin Durant is that dude. So to Mm -hmm. be around somebody like that on an Olympic team, you know, basically the greatest Olympian, you know, in USA basketball to witness what he did this year um, was just incredible. And, you know, Kind of going back to Pop a little bit, too. And I, I'm glad that you brought up because we were giving him there was some concern. And I didn't think mm-hmm. that it was, you know, that outrageous. I was just like, hey, let's look at how the Spurs past two seasons have went. And then we talked about even the small ball thing. We were a little concerned about it. But mm-hmm. after really after that first, I forget the, the game after their first loss, after the France game, I think I ran. Right. Is that who we played? Uh, yeah. that and, and, and Iran was a little bit. I, I thought that there was another game that I forgot about the Iran game that that yeah, we blew not, them out. Yeah, that, that I'm not going to give anybody credit for that. But the game after that, I forget. I think it, it might have been Australia. Was that who we played after? No, no, that was the Czech Republic. We played the Czech Republic after yes. we played Iran and we blew them out, too. And that's when I was like, OK, I, I kind of all my concerns were gone then, too. I think a mm-hmm. lot of maybe some people had a little bit like, oh, me, maybe we might not get the gold medal. But I don't think anybody was really that like after those two performances and then I think maybe they played Australia after that um Mm -hmm. no I think we had another team that we played to start because it was quarterfinals then semifinals then did we play France we played oh did we play France to start we I think we lost to to well we played them in pool play any of y'all in the comments, please help us out. I'm sorry yeah. that I'm taking up so much time over this. I forget who we played, but we played a solid team before we played Australia. And kind of with those three wins in a row, the point I'm trying to make is I think a lot of people out there were like, okay, I think Team USA is good now. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we also mentioned that like Coach K, 
um, you know, had just had that program for so long, like pop had to get it instilled, all that stuff. And yeah. even with one of the things that we also wanted to get into Mocha four, three, five, four Spain, Spain that's yes. a real, and that's a really important team. You see, yeah. I couldn't, I, I know I forgot him for some reason, but yes, thank you, Mocha. Um, but yeah, and let's talk about Katie and Draymond too. I mean, both of them had individual statements for on Keldon Johnson and coach Popovich. Katie was on Instagram live and was like, it, Pop was in the back, of course, Pop yeah. wasn't paying attention, but he was like, you know, they were, they were talking crap. Well, he didn't say crap, but y'all know what I mean. He, they were talking crap about him and he was like saying he couldn't get us to play. He's like, and look what happened. So he was like, we're fine. Pop was never the issue, you know? Mm-hmm. And to be fair, uh, this makes me feel a lot better, to be honest, because I was still concerned about it, even though right now I'm like congratulating Pop, like you talked about. I wasn't, there were still some concerns, you know, obviously I have love for him just because of all that he's done for San Antonio, but you know, there are just, mm-hmm. there were some questions. So to, to hear um, Katie stand up for him like that, um, you know, the obvious leader of that team, if anybody should have an opinion on the head coach, you know, it's probably his when it comes to this roster this year. And then Draymond, it was so funny because Mike Finger, I'm sure a lot of you guys may follow him on Twitter. He's a San Antonio uh, Express news reporter. And he was, he basically hinted the fact that Draymond was drunk when he said this, but he said, <laughs> feeling good after the, and, and but, which was funny, but he had his arm around Kelvin and he was like, we brought a 21 year old here and they, you know, they thought he shouldn't have been here, thought he shouldn't have been a part of the roster. And, you know, it really made, it kind of brought me full circle, Ethan, when I'm seeing the picture of the Olympic team there, I'm like, wait, the Olympic team's not that big. Mm-hmm. Like there's only 12 guys here. And I see Kelvin Johnson and it was, it kind of hit me at the end, like how yeah. big of an accomplishment and how big of a thing it was for him to be there. And then on top of that, that Draymond Green is yelling, you know, on their way, exiting the building with his arm around him. Yes, I get he's a little bit inebriated, but still, I'm sure this is how he truly feels. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and he's talking about how he brought more energy than anybody else every day, and we needed that so much to win this medal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. these are just all good things. A lot of concerns that I feel like we've had about the Spurs. Um, obviously, they probably weren't with Kelvin Johnson necessarily, um, but – you know, any questions that you kind of had about Pop or maybe Kelvin, um, you feel really good about it after this Olympics win. And obviously, this is a team full of NBA all-stars and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But still, um, an awesome accomplishment for those two guys. And, you know, look, we're not fixed. It's not like there's not going to be, you know, some downs this year. We may not make the playoffs still. But, like, this was still just – I think this was a positive thing for, for the Spurs, seeing this happen with these two guys. I think it proves also for the Olympic team that all their struggles and, you know, before the Olympics started where they were losing all these games, I think it can be boiled down to just chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people were very quick, including me. You know, I'm going to throw myself in there. Yeah, us. We were critical of pop. We were critical of the uh, all-stars, everybody on the team saying they weren't, you know, willing to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. I think it was just chemistry because they were thrown together so quickly and then they didn't have their full team ready to go. And a lot of people came in as the playoffs ended. And Kevin Love had to leave and, you know, that was that whole fiasco with him and then, you know, all that jazz. And to be quite honest, I don't know if you felt this way, Jude, but looking at – now, I didn't watch every single game, so I, I could be completely wrong here. And if you think I'm wrong, go ahead and comment it and tell me I'm an idiot. But I thought Keldon Johnson actually probably played better than Jeremy Grant, um, in my opinion, just like watching the games. Because Jeremy Grant really 
you know, I thought he was supposed to have more of an impact, and he rarely didn't really play that much. And when Keldon got on the floor, I mean, you could you knew he was on the court. You know what I mean? Like he was making plays happen. He was like, he's like, just that type of energizer. Player. Yeah, energizer bunny. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, I to be honest, I didn't watch enough. I didn't see like I didn't watch enough USA basketball. Well, mm-hmm. I did watch a lot of the games. But I didn't see Jeremy Grant on the floor a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I thought he was supposed so to play more. So I didn't really, I didn't really see. But to be fair, I didn't really watch the games where Kelton played either. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a minute of him playing. I mainly just kind of watched. Like I saw the after we lost the first pool play game, I was like, okay, now I need to watch. And basically yeah. after that point, I don't think Jeremy or Kelton played. So Kelton most got part, mostly exhibition game minutes. Yeah, I don't and think he, he played that. In, even mm-hmm. when it was mattered, it was garbage time. You know what Most, I'm saying? Yes. So, anyways, I don't really, I just don't feel like I watched enough of either of them to have an opinion on that. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe there could be something there, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly just like something that I noticed that I thought was was complimentary of Keldon more so than negative about. Uh, yeah, Thad, not Thaddeus. Uh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Thaddeus Young. Yeah. No, I can, and I can understand too how he he may be. Um, he could be noticed a lot more on the floor just when it comes to like the role that those two guys were playing mm-hmm. like you know jeremy grant was probably going to be like maybe he'll go up and get a rebound every once in a while but he's still mm-hmm. not going to be like the five so he would have probably been like a stretch four yeah keldon is going to be super physical in the paint so it's like you know those roles like just keldon's role is more naturally noticeable too you know what yeah. i mean not not to stay yeah. <laughs> crapping on on, on my I man know, Jeremy I knew Grant, you but yeah, I was but, just thinking about it. <laughs> like you're right, you're right though, because I felt like to me th- what I saw from Jeremy Grant, he was almost looking for his like ISO ball game, and Keldon was literally doing exactly what you said, which was like rim running, trying to dunk the ball, <laughs> and just like playing super physical interior defense and stuff like that. So <laughs> completely different roles there. He's funny. He's yeah, funny. It's like funny. all the all the pictures of him there have just been. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's just having a blast. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised. Like I, I was thinking to myself because Keldon's our age, pretty much. So yeah. like, if if I were Keldon Johnson and I all of a sudden was playing on the Olympic team, I would probably be a little bit like in my shell, kind of shy. Don't want to make any mistakes. Don't want to talk to KD. You know, I'm just this young, young buck. And he's like making friends. He's. He, did you see that video of him? They were getting ready to break the huddle, and they're like, "Where's Keldon?" And he like screamed and ran into oh, the yeah. huddle like like he's just being himself i love seeing that from him he's such a, like a fun dude and you know it's so funny too ethan because like when i that specific sequence it's like you can see that like draymond like it, those they weren't like really they were like all right guys you know let's go and then Keldon yeah. comes in and it's just being Keldon, and it just makes them all laugh and it's yeah. so funny because like honestly when katie's on the floor he doesn't really laugh or no. smile that much. So mm-hmm. when like when Keldon is getting a smile and a laugh out of KD, like, yeah, it's a big and, deal. Yeah, and when you talk about Draymond, like think of now. To be fair, honestly, if you look at their play style, you can kind of see why Draymond would like Keldon a lot, yeah. just because that kind of matches their personalities a little bit. Um, obviously, I don't think that Keldon is. Well, Keldon is definitely fiery, fiery like Draymond. I don't see Keldon ever being like you know yelling at some other player yeah. getting a technical for it you know no, what i, I don't mean? think so either. like i don't think that like Keldon's gonna be you know talking mad you know mess to patrick beverly and get ejected ever but you know yeah, like yeah. like something draymond would do but i uh, you can see how they would like each other but still you know a championship player like him 
um, somebody who, you know, is a hard nosed dude who probably doesn't take it easy on young guys mm-hmm. for him to say something like he said to just the, like the context of all of these comments, scenarios, this whole situation um, is really important. And I think that it really just emphasizes, you know, once again, the positive benefits of, of Keldon Johnson being there and, and Greg Popovich being there as well. I agree. Okay. One question, though, before yes, we end, because I just thought of it. Now that Pop has won an Olympic medal, do you think that he would be more willing to retire if he thought about it? Or do you think he's still like, I, I think he's going to play this season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not play, but coach. Um, but how, like, how much do you think is left in the gas tank now that he's accomplished this? Because I feel like, you know, he even said, that and he said he was basically tired like it was like a lot of anxiety was relieved mm-hmm. by this win and he also hinted that he was going to go back to his hotel room and probably have himself a couple beverages <laughs> um you know well so, deserved, but, yes. but well deserved exactly and and that's the point is like you know he it did it seemed like he was saying a little he's a little bit tired so and and you can't yeah. be mad at him he's like 72 years old or something so yeah uh I don't know. You, you you know that my opinion of Pop's retirement has always been the same. I thought he was going to retire after this Olympics, but then everything got completely 72. derailed. I got yeah. that right on the money. Everything got derailed the with, the, with, with, with the postponement of the Olympics because of COVID and all that jazz. And then, you know, I don't know if Pop has the energy, like you said, to see this team that we have in San Antonio through to another championship. I think that's too far into the future for him to want to stick it out the whole way through. Um, but I, I like what we talked about last time on this, on, the, on one of our live streams, which was um, I think he's just going to keep coaching until the end of his contract and then he'll call it quits. I don't know if he's going to retire next year. I think he has, what, what was it? Three more years left on his contract and then he's done. Uh, Something two, like that. Two more years. So he has one yeah. more after this year. I, th- I think then he'll retire. I don't think he's going to want to resign. Um, he's at that age. He has nothing left to prove. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily like, you know, frustrated and wants to quit. I just think it's that point in his life and in time. his career. Yeah, that it's just time to move on, you know. It'd be different if he had won five championships and a gold yeah. medal. But he yeah, has. I- so and and he's and he still maintained a level of excellence despite not having the same talent around him. You know, he does, he hasn't had a, really i mean you can argue that demar was an all-star these past couple of years but really he hasn't had an all-star and you know since i guess Lamarcus aldridge back when he was by himself when he uh, was carrying us in 2017 yeah and, and even that was like a you know borderline 30, 30 34 year old lamarcus aldridge. yeah it, it was mostly an all-star pick because he was literally the only because, scoring option we had we on were our team. throwing him we were throwing it to him in the post every play every possession <laughs> yes um so yeah i just think after his contract's up he'll call it quits since spurs fandom will be you know happy to you know let him go and you know i I, I don't like it when people say that I want him to quit. I don't want him to quit. <laughs> I do not want him to stop coaching the Spurs. I used to say that, but I don't say that anymore either. Yeah, I, I, I'm. We're not going to win with or without him, so I'd rather have the greatest coach of all time, at least until his contract's up well, and then he decides to leave on his right own. Now, right now, he just knows the roster better. Yeah. Like, there's no point of, yeah, just let him co- finish. Whenever he wants to stop coaching, 
just let him stop. Yeah. Like when he can, he'll retire when he retires. There are literally zero better options. Yes. Like zero. That's, that's, that's the, yeah. And you, it, sometimes, you know, when you're, you're in emotion, you're like, Oh, I want Nick nurse, you know, yeah. I want a young coach, but like Nick nurse isn't leaving the Raptors. He just signed like a five year deal or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what and I mean? Even they played horribly with Kyle Lowry and with, yes. um, what's his name? Siakam. Siakam. So, you know, every coach has an off year or two. We're just not used to having an off year with the greatest coach of all time. So that's really what it boils down to. This is probably the first time. Um, well, I don't know if Tamar was an all-star last year. I don't think that he was. Mm-hmm. He's well, been snubbed. He was, but, but, but like the year before, the bubble year, was he all-star? I'm sure they he was not. They may have not even announced it. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure they had, they had no. They did. They had the All Star game because that was when everybody. That was the Kobe year when everyone had two and twenty four on or whatever. Um, let me look that up real quick. I'm almost positive he's the star with the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Well, I was gonna say that we. Well, regardless of that, like we have never. This will be the first time that Pop hasn't really had an All Star caliber player coming back ever <laughs> like i know that sounds great well maybe no no his entire coaching career he had david robinson at the beginning too even though they were asked they still had they still had him right i'm sorry one more time one more time did they have at the beginning of pop's coaching career was david mm-hmm. robinson on the roster yes okay that's what i that's what i thought so we can have what was i going to say so you'll have he's had david robinson then he had tim duncan then he had Kawhi. And even though like Kawhi left, you still had Lamarcus and then Demar. You know what I mean? And between like, that, you had Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So like these are the guys, and I know that the Demarcus and Lamar, Lamarcus or Demar and Lamarcus years didn't work out. But at the same time, like still, you've had former all, you've had all star players because all yeah. those guys are all stars at one point in their career on your team until now. I think this is the first year that they they haven't had like a like an all star, a former all star on the team ever. Yeah. Think about that. It's exciting. It's exciting to me. I didn't think about that. But I see Hemi Lau in the chat. What's the rotation? He wants us to get on with it. He wants us to get on with it. He wants us to get on with it. Yes, I know. We've been talking. We got off tangent talking about the Olympics. Um, But yeah, let's get into this episode, Ethan. So let's break down um, the roster. And I can pull that up um, right now just to get everything how do you want to break it how do you want to break it down first do you want to go through all of our points all of our shooting guards and then we'll break down who we think should play or do you how do you want to do that um i was just gonna lay out the roster so literally we did this last time a little bit too but just now that there's a little bit more clarity because it was like we were doing it mid free agency so it was like only two of the signings that happened so i just wanted to break down the entire roster for everybody so that we can know so that everybody can know, all right, here's who we got at each position. So at point guard right now, just straight true point guards, we've got DeJounte Murray and um, Trey Jones. Yes. So, you know, there's been a lot of other conversation and I want to pick your brain on it, Ethan, um, before we move on to the next position group here. And that's with DeJounte Murray. I so I was watching Spurs film room and he was mm-hmm. like I actually like the idea of moving DeJounte to the 2 and putting Derek at the 1. 
And I, so, and I don't know what you think of that, but that's kind of what I'm asking, but also clan, the Spurs fan, you know, another big channel, he mm-hmm. was like, I don't think that DeJounte could ever play the two. So I was like, okay, these are two pretty, you know, one of some of the bigger Spurs channels got some mm-hmm. very different, you know, yeah. contrasting viewpoints. So I was just kind of curious on, on your take of DeJounte Murray um, as a two at some point. Here's here's my opinion. At putting Derek White at the point guard, I've actually been a fan of for a very long time. I think he has uh, a a very good playmaking ability. You know, equally to Dejounte, they're both good playmakers, but Derek White, I think a little bit more so. In fact, the only reason I'm anxious and wary of putting Dejounte Murray at the shooting guard position is I ha- I don't know if I've seen enough from him as far as off ball movement, coming off screens, and being able to catch and shoot. And that's really been a staple of the Spurs shooting guards for the, like our entire history is being able to move without the ball, catch the ball coming off of a screen, and shoot the basketball. And I don't, I think Derek does that, you know, better at this point than Dejounte Murray. Now he could prove me wrong coming into this season and all of a sudden be just like a a sniper. And then yeah, I'm down with putting him at the shooting guard. Um, but at this point, no. But I will say putting him at the shooting guard um, has its ad- advantages as well. Because he's so much, not so much taller, one inch taller, but longer than Derek White. And I think he can guard shooting guards at a higher clip than Derek uh, might be able to. So letting Derek White maybe guard the point and letting DeJounte guard the shooting guard is something that I've always been a fan of. But at this point, you know, as far as what DeJounte is capable of doing offensively, I think he fits best at point. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. Okay, I'll give you my thoughts because this was a really interesting conversation for me too. And so, well, here let's see what let's see what uh, F. Nico says here or Finico. I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation. I think they're interchangeable, but I agree Derek is better suited for the two mainly because of his three point shooting. Yeah, I, yeah. I see that. I see that. I understand that. So I'm gonna give you guys all kind of uh, just playing devil's advocate here, but not even necessarily playing Devin, devil's advocate this is just something that maybe you guys haven't thought of so the three-point shooting argument i completely get Derek is a better three-point shooter than dejounte murray right now and he's probably going to be next year even if dejounte murray gets up to like 35 percent just because they're Derek is a he's a more natural shooter than dejounte ever was right but here's the thing about dejounte let me ask you this season do you think who do you think whenever it comes to playing off the dribble just off the dribble getting a bucket you know, beating your defender one-on-one. I know that this this is a tough question, but who do you think is more skilled, DeJounte or Derek? I would have to go with DeJounte Murray just because of recency bias, maybe. Because we haven't seen Derek really do go into his bag all that often. Usually when he's scoring, like I said, he's coming off of a screen and either just diving or, or just shooting. driving to the rim. Yes, now, DeJounte has shown a lot more ability to be an ISO scorer like a DeMar, you know, going into his bag with his handle, you know, turnaround jump shot, pull up from the elbow. We've seen that more often. I don't know if that's because Derek is inept at doing that or if it's because he just hasn't been given the opportunity to do so. But to answer your question, at this point, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, okay. I agree with you. So here's what I'll say just about Derek. I'm not trying to say that DeJounte is a better offensive player than Derek. That's not what I'm trying to say here. Like like I said, Derek is a better three-point shooter. And Derek has, you know, I, there were some plays this year. Yes, he was injury prone. And there we saw a lot more of DeJounte's ISO game this year just by nature of PT, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, 
uh, you know, I did see a little bit from Derek. He has a little bit of a mid, a fadeaway, a little mid-range floater that he can do to get space off of his defenders in the mid-range. Um, but DeJounte is definitely uh, the better mid-range shooter right now. And um, his mid-range shot is somewhat reminiscent of Parker's. So Tony played um, po- point guard. So obviously, you know, that would fit a little bit more in that kind of Spurs mold. But what I will say about DeJounte just being able to get a bucket and playing him at the two Not only is he longer defensively, Ethan, and not only do I also think that he's going to be an even because the past couple of years, he's just gotten a little bit better every year at shooting. You know what I mean? And I think we would say this year, this is kind of honestly like for me, and this is off topic a little bit, Ethan, but let me ask you, um, is DeJounte like where his shooting is at right now? Did you ever think that he'd get to where he's at? Were you convinced that he would get to the point that he's at right now? No, only because I did not think he would play as quickly as he did. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I know um I didn't think I wasn't sure. I thought maybe, but to be honest, where he's at right now, um I, I think that he is a like I think that now he can get even better. And I was just gonna be happy one day if DeJounte could be wide open and just hit an open three. That's what mm-hmm. that's all I wanted. I was yeah. like, let's just not, you know, let's not be crazy here. But it seems like he can get even better. And I'm seeing Will Carter, you're in here too, and saying that he can't shoot the three, and that's why he can't play the two guard. So here's my counter argument that I've been trying to get to. I got a little bit off topic. But DeJounte Murray, because of his ISO ball ability and just you can I feel like I don't know. Maybe this is just crazy. Maybe I'm just thinking of like Kobe Bryant and and other um, shooting guards. But like, think about Bradley Beal, um, all these other shooting guards. I just feel like DeJounte, even though, yes, three point shooting is a question. I feel like his skill set is actually more fitted to be a shooting guard instead of running an offense. I think that he I think that he is better as whenever he's just like, okay, let me just, you know, dribble somebody down and go get a mid-range bucket because I can like that's something that Derek like just can't do as far as we know right now I think that Derek can drive past guys drive through guys and go get a layup for sure on a pick and roll like I think that Derek is a very talented offensive player but I think that DeJounte like Derek is all like naturally an unselfish player and he's naturally like I don't know. I'm trying to put this into words. It's hard to explain. He's a more natural playmaker. Yes. While DeJounte's more of a natural bucket. Yes. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. And like, look, Derek is there are times where Derek just takes over too, and he can just be a natural scorer. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna not say that because I've seen that. I've seen him go for 36 and be the main guy. You know what I mean in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's that's the thing. I just think that DeJounte is better at getting a bucket than playmaking where right now Derek can do either he can play make or score and be just as good at both. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And like I said, I do still agree with the three-point shooting argument, but there is a counter argument there. And when Rob brought up bringing DeJounte to the two, it was something I hadn't thought of. And I think that especially if he can be like a 35% three-point shooter, which that may be a lot to ask, um, he can he can play this position well. And it might be something that could be intriguing and maybe flip-flopping those two could solve a lot of issues, but maybe it fails horribly too. I have two points I'm going to make here, both kind of addressing what we've had in the comment section. The first one from Finico about them being interchangeable, um, and he he thinks that Derek is better suited for the two because of his three-point shot. 
Now, because they're so interchangeable, this might lead to you know who's running the point, who's running the two. Maybe we don't even know. Maybe they're it's neither. Maybe they're both doing it. You know, it's, it's like it's almost as if whose turn is it tonight? Who's got the hot hand? We're just going to feed each other and be like combo guards, both of us. Neither of us is necessarily a natural point, and neither of us is a natural two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could definitely see that becoming our offense next year because they both so closely, you know, their games are so close together. Derek's just a better shooter, and DeJounte is a better mid-range, you know, get into his bag score. Um, and my second point, uh, reacting to, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, is it Egil Helgeson? Uh, forgive me if that's wrong. Uh, he, he asked, what about DeJounte starting with Vassell at the two and let Derek lead the second unit with Lonnie and Doug? Now, I hate that. That was my argument all of last season and all of last year's offseason. I think that Derek White, because of, like we said, his natural playmaking ability and the fact that he's not necessarily a shooting guard because he's only 6'4", this would make him just a perfect six-man off the bench because he can – this is his unit. Like you said, this is his time to it's shine. Mo- and it's a Manu role. It's not mm-hmm. that Derek is not a starter. Like, yes. That's not what this idea is. And we don't. And the thing is, that, so Rob actually brought up another great point in the video that I was watching, not to just take all of it from him, but like, also, I think that Derek would be much more adapt. Like he would be much more willing to be a sixth man yes. than DeJounte. And let's remember, you know, Derek, you can say like, oh, Derek should be starting, blah, blah, blah. Derek's getting paid more than DeJounte at the end of the day. So who really cares if he's coming off the bench? Like that would yeah. be my, if, if I'm Derek White, I'm like, well, they're paying me more. So that's what, <laughs> like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I agree with you. His name's Icelandic. That's why it's hard. Sorry about that. And I, 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 do, I do also like the point of making Vassell a shooting guard, starting shooting guard, because then he immediately becomes our Danny Green type player. We don't I don't necessarily... mind starting Vassell. He can yeah. fit in. He's a plug and play. I, I get what you're saying there, Eagle. And I, I, maybe I don't like, you know, maybe I still would prefer Derek as the starter. But if I like if they end up putting Vassell at the two, I'm not going to be mad at it because I see what they're doing. Alexander Olmo, D- DeMar play in turn, Toronto with shooting guard. Three point shooting was not great, but mid range was. Yeah, you're right. And the only argument I have against that, Alexander, is that was a completely different time really in Toronto. Um, back when, you know, DeMar ended up shooting a lot more threes his last year in Toronto, like well, a lot more than he ever shot in San Antonio. Um, but the three point shot wasn't necessarily as prevalent as it is today. Isn't that weird that literally like three years pass and the NBA is a completely different place? <laughs> no, the other day I for er, I say the other day, but this was like a long time ago, but at some point I remember I was having a conversation with my friend and we were just talking about Steph and he was like, dude, we don't think about it this much. But remember, like, six years ago when Steph was the unanimous MVP, people were calling him the best player in the world unanimously, mm-hmm. and he literally changed the game of basketball with his yeah. play style. And I was like, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Like, I knew that it happened subconsciously mm-hmm. the whole time, but I just never really thought about it that deep. And it was just like, wow, we literally kind of grew up, like, when, when we were teenagers, at least, we grew and that's when we got into basketball, we witnessed, you know, a whole um, a whole change there. And Big Boss, why the hell did we sign Bryn Forbes for two years? Hey, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to get in um, to the shooting guards next year. And Finico, I see what you're saying too. I agree there shouldn't be a definitive one or two. DJ and Derek have played together 
long enough and there's no ego between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that we have gotten to that point too. I think that there was some, um, some, you know, some tension at first when those two guys were coming in, just because it was like, they're the same position, you know, they're kind of battling. DeJounte got hurt. Derek came in and basically became the new DeJounte. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But I think they figured that out now. You can tell just by their demeanor with each other on the court. Um, and Will Carter makes a good point earlier. Um, they they will sag off Murray and give him wide open threes, which would honestly help his three point shooting. And then if he doesn't make it, then you know it's just on him. And Alexander yeah. Omo also, like Demar, play played in Toronto shooting guard. That's what I was kind of going for. Like it's 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 a scheme thing. It's less of a like you know we don't want our shooting guard to be able to shoot, and it's more of a more of a scheme thing. So yeah. Um, and y'all, Faison Borja right now, how you feeling about Lonnie coming into the season? Well, let's talk about the shooting guards we have on the roster. We already talked about Derek White, but I'm just going to assume he's the starter. But now we have three other guys now. We have Lonnie Walker, we have Bryn Forbes, and then we have Josh Primo, who really, Primo's been handling the ball a lot. He might end up yeah. coming up as a point guard, but I'm going to put him here because he can play the 2-2, um, and he he's 6-6. That's mainly why I'm putting him at the two guard. And and he even mentioned in his interview today that I DM'd you. He was like, in high school, I was much more of an on-ball player. But then when I got to Alabama, you know, there were these two other stars there. And I was just trying to contribute so we could win games. So I became an off-ball player. Those are things that you love to hear. Mm-hmm. I, have you watched any of... I know I'm getting into Josh Primo and skipping over Lonnie and Bryn. <laughs> but have you watched any Josh... Like, have you seen some of the shots that he's hit in Salt Lake? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, he looks a lot better than I thought he was going to look. I'm not going to lie. I he thought looks he would be ridiculous. Yeah, like fade away. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's, he's got a nice bag. I don't want to overreact because it is, you know, like Salt Lake City Summer League. It's like, yes, you know, not yes. that's not even do. the uh, legit summer league yet. Exactly. Right? But the the one takeaway that I that I think is is most important from this from what we've seen from Josh Primo. He has got off the charts confidence for a guy that's 18 years old and has received as much criticism as he has. Being drafted 12th overall, all of that hype around him being the big, big bust of the draft. The Spurs, what are they phased. doing? No, he came out shooting, dude. He was not even scared. Like he was confident. He was taking the ball to the hole. He was making some great crisp passes. I, I like what I saw from him. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, I think that he just doesn't care. You know, we talked about how much he wanted to be a Spur. I think that he just found out that when he found out that the team that it seems like he believed the most in also believed in him more than he could have even, you know, imagined. Mm. I think that that just motivated the heck out of him. And he's like, who cares what these other people are saying? I get it. They don't know who I am. You know, he's probably like, I probably feel the same way, but, you know, they'll find out. So, but anyways... More Josh Primo and Joe Wieskamp and Devin Vassell and Trey Jones coming to you soon. Summer League champs, hopefully. I'm really going to dig into that Vegas Summer League this year. This is going to be mm-hmm. this is going to be really fun with this group. Um, but let's talk about Lonnie Walker. Will he be our backup shooting guard? We also signed Bryn Forbes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, my, my man, Pearl Money 830 thinks that Walker should start, and he says that he has the potential to become an all-star. Um, that's what I thought. I thought he should have started last year with Derek coming off the bench as the sixth man. Like I said, from what he showed us last year, did he meet your expectations, Jude? This no, is, this is, yeah. no, but I don't think that it's necessarily his fault. 
Like, I agree. If I agree you would have told me what happened this year with no tape, I'd be angry. Yeah. But if you show me the tape, it's like, I don't, I, I can't give up in him yet. I just, yes. I, I can't give up in him yet. I just think that he didn't, he needs the ball in his hands. He can't be, you can't force him. They needed him to be an off ball shooter. Lonnie Walker, go watch his Miami tape, is not an off-ball shooter. You know what I mean? And he did mm-hmm. what he needed to for the team, but I think this year he's really going to get the opportunity to be himself. Yeah, I think that's the biggest take about Lonnie. This is his season. There's no excuses anymore, other than I guess maybe Bryn, if you want to. We'll get to that now, in a second. If, yeah, God, if Bryn plays over him, then it's not Lonnie's fault. Yes. <laughs> if, if, if things work out the way we both think that they should, which is he is the sixth man, he is running – the unit, the second unit, um, and, and he has the ball in his hands. He won't have to deleg- relegate – or excuse me, what, what am I saying? I'm trying to use big words. He won't have to give the ball to Patty Mills and Rudy Gay and feel like he has to defer to the veterans. This is his second unit. He has the chance to prove that he belongs in this team and that he does have the potential to become that next all-star caliber player. I'm expecting a lot out of Lonnie this season. Because he showed flashes of what he could be. He's shown so many flashes, dude. I feel like that's why Spurs fandom is a little bit frustrated with Lonnie. Because he'll have moments where it's like, this is our future. This is our guy. He is. He'll have a, he'll have a horrible game. Yes. Okay? And during that game, there will be like multiple times where you're like, oh my god, what did he... He almost just like murdered Mason Plumley or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So... And Finico's bringing up a great point here, too. For Lonnie, it's all about confidence and his aggressiveness. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, he needs to be locked in at all times. And I think that because of the role they wanted him to be in, his aggressiveness was diminished. And then because he wasn't really contributing as much, his confidence went down. Um, That's just what I saw from what it looked like from body language on TV. Maybe I'm analyzing too much and I don't know what I'm talking about. But I see what Finico's saying right there, and I, I agree with him. And, you know, the more times that, that y'all are all talking about this, and I want to get to Dylan's uh, comment as well because, yeah, we have a lot of players on the roster. Um, but just going back to Lonnie here for a second, the more that I'm looking at this roster, I think that you guys' idea might be more realistic than even you guys may think that it is going into this season because when I'm looking at this, I'm like, we need a backup point guard. Unless we're going to run, run Duren Forbes there we or move Trey Jones up, which I would love for them to move Trey Jones up. But with the way that they're playing him and Vassell in the summer league still, I don't think those guys are going to come in and like get a lot of minutes, especially with the signings. You know what I mean? And considering that Trey is kind of in that group with Vassell and you saw how many wings we signed, like with McDermott and all that. Um, and although it sucks that, you know, maybe Vassell won't get playing time and Trey Jones won't get playing time it would make sense if Derek White is going to be your backup point guard because then you can start Lonnie Walker and then Bryn Forbes is your backup shooting guard. Yeah. And then you got Josh Primo as your third stringer who's in Austin, obviously, probably with Trey Jones. So. And I don't mind that at all. Because I don't mind then, that either. Because if we play Bryn and Lonnie next to each other, you know, someone's about to get cooked on defense. Is there, are you laughing at Deshaun? <laughs> no way, bro. Yeah, no, no, Deshaun. No, no way. You got that Lakers mindset, Deshaun. That's not going to happen. <laughs> y- y'all should start Mac McClung, maybe <laughs> over there. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, putting putting Lonnie and and Bryn is a recipe for disaster defensively next to each other. 
So, mm-hmm. like like you said, if you're wanting to put Brent at the starting at the backup point guard next to Lonnie, that's that's really rough. My only thing, I don't think they're going to put Derek on the bench. It's better than Derek quite. Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun. He might have a bag. He, no, 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 no. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's he's not kidding. Y'all don't understand. No, Deshaun's invaded the SSPN chat. This is funny. Okay. <laughs> I could see. No, nah, Deshaun's saying that Josh Primo's bag is deeper than Derek White's. And right now, I can admit that. But... um. <laughs> And I know that sounds crazy, but like that's not saying he's a you know more polished NBA offensive player yet. But yeah. Anyways, um, going back to Lonnie though, um, just yeah, I wouldn't mind him playing at the starting shooting guard position, just because yeah. if I think that that would actually. I know that I talked about moving Dejounte to the two, but Lonnie is just like a more like fit for the two position Dejounte, if that makes sense. Like yeah. all the benefits that Dejount that I talked about with Dejounte, it's like Lonnie has that. Um, and he can shoot slightly better. Except he can shoot li- slightly better, and you could maybe even argue. Um, well, he's definitely more physical and more of an impending force, just just by weight, you know. And that's nothing against Dejounte. But my man Gregory making a good point as well. Lonnie might be gone. Forbes signed cheap. They got Derek on contract, and Vassell is ready next year to start at the shooting guard. That could be on the. In the plans, we don't really know. I think it really will come down to what Lonnie is capable of doing this season. I don't think Lonnie Walker is going to be traded um, at all, not even at this year. Like, if he's traded, it'll be literally after the season is over. Like, we're going to mm-hmm. see what he is capable of, and either his value will go up or it will stay the same. I don't know if he's going to go down necessarily because, like everyone's saying in the chat, he has so much potential because of his raw athleticism his ability to score off the dribble. And I know we criticized his off-ball play a little bit because of last year, but he, he did improve as a spot-up shooter, even if it was just a little bit. He did improve as a spot-up shooter. No, um, absolutely. Yeah, and Forbes did sign pretty cheap. Yeah, Forbes replaces Patty as team gunner. That's what I'm really most worried about because that then if, if that statement that my man Dylan just made is true, then we are really underestimating how much playing time Bryn Forbes is going to be receiving. Well, the thing is, if he's just playing the two off the bench and he's running off screens, and that's what Dylan is talking about, and that's what ends up happening, I'm and and they do this thing where Derek is going to be the backup point guard. If okay. Derek is the backup point guard and Bryn's running off screens, then I'm okay with Bryn being the backup shooting guard. Yeah. Um, and that's actually kind of what I have. I wish I don't know if we have the capability to share screen no we don't look we already pay but you got to pay more to do that we don't have that much money mm. um but i i have the roster up and that's how i have it set up i have De- dejounte Derek, trey lonnie Bryn, primo that sounds like it it makes way more sense what the roster looks like i mean we can still put Derek at the two if you want but i don't know i know i'm not convinced that that's going to happen either but yeah that that seems like a, a possibility. We'll get into lineups later. I know we're already forty two minutes into this thing. Okay, so do we want do where do we want to classify Devin? Do we want to classify I, him as a three and but he can play the two two? Just acknowledge that. Yeah, I think that's that's that's, that's what I have on my screen that's, here. I agree with that too. So we'll have Keldon. We hope at the three. <laughs> um, God, I don't. I, I actually, I with all the bigs that they signed, I don't think Keldon's playing at the four. I mean, maybe I it's some, like if we're playing the Rockets or something, sure. But yeah, you know, but if but if it's you know if it's like you know the when they show the starting lineups and and yeah. um, 
on in, in the what am I looking for on TV? He better be the third picture there, not the fourth picture. That's really my biggest worry. Um, where do you want to classify McDermott? Right now, I have McDermott as a three, and slash then he's four. slash four. That's okay. Um, I have him. I'm gonna put him as a three two, just because he's he's. It really he signed depends. a lot of bigs. I think he yeah. will play the three this year. It, it really depends, like you said. Are what are they going to do with Devin? Because Devin's probably ready to get NBA playing time, but at this point in his career, Doug is probably a more consistent shooter as far as what they want that role to be. You know, at that backup three spot, um, and then this is also the Spurs, so they they might not they might limit Devin even more than they did last year. Yeah, so. And, and that's what I feel like when you look at him on the summer league roster, like the guys that they're bringing to summer league, I feel like are guys that are not going to play, unfortunately, even though they're guys we'd like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the, at the three, we have Keldon, Doug, Devin, and then Wieskamp. Yes. Um, so we all assume, I think that it's probably, you can write this down, bet a thousand, bet your entire life savings on it and you should be good. Wieskamp will be on a two-way contract just mm-hmm. because he's going to play in Austin anyway. This doesn't mean he won't be a part of our future. I mean, look at, you know, think about Eubanks, right? Yeah. Um, and we didn't even draft Eubanks. So with Wieskamp, you know, he's, like I said, he's going to be in Austin this year anyway. We need another roster spot um, on a two-way. That's one roster, you know, only one more to go after that. But um, let's talk about these these kind of three guys. So do you think it'll most likely be Keldon and then Doug McDermott, most likely? Most likely, yes. As, as much as I love Devin Vassell, and I think he's got a lot of upside, and he's definitely a part of our future here in San Antonio, um, you don't sign Doug McDermott on a three-year, $42 million contract if you're going to just put him behind Devin Vassell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They sign him to play him. So he's going to get more minutes than Devin if Devin gets anything at all. So, And, yep. yeah, I think Keldon's pretty much locked in. I know some people think that Keldon should come off the bench. Um, That honestly might happen uh, a few times. I could definitely see them putting Doug as the starting small forward just because of his shooting ability. I wouldn't want that to happen. I could could see, you know what I think is more realistic? I think it's more realistic of them starting Doug at the four in some situations. I don't think, I just, I don't know. With Keldon being the starter last year, or maybe yeah. it's more realistic that Kelvin will start at the four. Gosh, I, I hope. Not. I hope not. I don't think so. Like I said, with all the bigs that they signed, there's no way. Um, but if it, it, it maybe I don't know. We can't rule it out. They're they're crazy, but they're crazy. But they're also gold medalists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kelvin most likely. I I feel like he's got to start, especially with this Olympics thing. I hope so. so. I want him to so bad. But but especially with Zach Zach Collins being probably injured for the first part of the year, I think now that I'm looking at this roster, because I got everybody written down when you were talking, I think Doug will definitely start the year um, at the four. And I totally forgot about Luca. We have another player on our roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have four guys at at the big positions right now. We have four guys at four positions. Yep. So, yeah, most likely, unfortunately, Devin Vassell will be the third stringer. But the good news is, guys, 
and this is all sad because I know we want the young guys to play, but if there are any injuries, we have depth. And we had so many injuries over these past couple years. Yep. Like, that is the one silver lining of the young guys not playing is that if we have some injuries, which are inevitable to happen, we're going to have some good guys who can come in and play. So I didn't even think about that. But mm-hmm. once again, Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, Devin Vassell, and Joe Wieskamp at the three. Um, at the four, the four guys we have on the roster right now is Zach Collins, who will probably not play to start the like at least the first half of the year. Um, Thaddeus Young, Alfaru Kaminu, and Lucas Samanich. Yes. Um, we talked a little bit about Thaddeus Young the other day. Actually, you know what? We were confused on the text, I think. I was talking about Thaddeus Young, and you were talking about Aminu. Uh, oh, yes. So yes. We were both like on two different wavelengths there. Um, <laughs> but I think Thaddeus Young is going to be our starting four um, because he's still, he's still a very capable player. And I think he averaged, what was it, 12 and 5, something like that last year? I'm pretty sure he started. Yeah, he did. Or maybe with yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Next uh, or he's, yeah, he shared minutes with Patrick Williams, I think, depending on yeah. who they wanted to play. That's and facts, yeah. I guess Lori Markinen, too, who's gone. But we'll get to that later. But I think Thaddeus Young is one of those guys that will be with us for one season. He's going to provide a veteran presence. He's going to be a tough, hard-nosed defender, someone that's used to guarding guys that are, are bigger than he is. Uh, he's not going to go get us a lot of points. He's not a shiny pickup. Uh, but... I think he starts only to relieve some of that pressure off of Lucas Samanich so he doesn't feel as if everything, all the weight of the team is on his shoulders. Um, but I also don't think he's going to take super minutes away from Luca, if that makes sense. I think that they will split basically the power forward minutes and they'll kind of see what Luca's made of there. Do you think they signed Zach Collins for next season? Not like this upcoming season, but the season after? Do you think Maybe. Because I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, yes, obviously Thad's going to play. Um, and I can I can see Luca playing as the backup over Alfred Camino for sure because I just think that they, they got to play Luca. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it seems like that's where the direction of the team is going. But Zach Collins is still there. So it's like, is Zach Collins going to come in? And because just straight up in their NBA careers, even though Zach Collins is a little bit older, still he's been way more effective than, than Luca has so far. So yeah. it's like, I wonder when he comes in from that injury, is he going to come in and just take Luca's spot? You know what I mean? Or is he going to take the starting forward forward position and then Thad takes Luca's spot off the bench? Or maybe that's the time where Luca's, maybe they're hoping by that point Luca has overtaken Thad and then Thad and Aminu, or Aminu may not even be on the roster at that point, but that's just a bench guy. You know, there are a lot of different possibilities, but I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on Zach Collins coming back midseason and that mm-hmm. dynamic with minutes? Honestly, we talked about it last time a little bit, and you said something that the more I think about it, the more I think it's true. Zach Collins will probably get more minutes at the center's position than he will at the power forward position. Okay. Which makes the center position really difficult to figure out. Because I think everyone knows Jakob's probably you know, definitively the starter, but now we have three other dudes at the center spot battling for backup minutes because we also picked up I know your guy that you say is your version of my Drew Eubanks, which is Jacques Landale. Um, yes. Um, but the good news about Jacques Landale is he's even said in his ESPN Australia interview where he's literally talking about like, hey, I'm really trying to go to the NBA. I'm surprised I'm not there yet. It's from five months ago. Y'all should go check it out. 
Um, and it's just look up ESP on Australia, Jock Landale. Um, and the other thing that he talks about in there is not only does he feel like he would be better as a system player, but he feels like in the NBA, he's more of a four. Um, and this is a guy who shot 39%, uh, taking three and a half, three pointers a game. Um, and when you watch him and he says, he says, I can still play the five, obviously, but he sees himself more as a four in the NBA. Um, and once again, I just, I think that, I think that definitely the Spurs should still play him at the five, because I just think that he's six eleven, and they just, they, they need that size sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, like I wouldn't mind running Eubanks at the four and mm-hmm. him at the five, just because, yeah. you know, he can kind of replace that stretch four ability, but still play him at the five just because it's a better height matchup. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that Jock, maybe he point is the whole point is he may play the four and he's a proven shooter. Um, and when you watch him in team USA against team USA on Australia, and when you just watch him on, on Australia, he's, you know, he's big. I think they still, they wait him and this might've just been, you know, they may have just been, uh, I don't know, throwing us for a loop and putting out some fake numbers, but the NBL lists him at 255 pounds and maybe he is. And when you're six eleven, you just look skinny. I mean, think about Jakob. He's like mm-hmm. 240. Um, but at the same time, he did look a little bit smaller than you would expect when you see, when you think, you know, 255, 611. So like I, I could see him playing on the perimeter more because he's just kind of got a little bit more of a lengthy wing body, kind of like Evan Mobley. I mean, obviously not Evan Mobley, but kind of a similar body type to that. I yeah, I could see that too. You know what's good about Eubanks and Landale and Zach Collins is now we have guys that are capable of battling and bumping with these big centers and power forwards, um, but also move their feet because that's our biggest criticism of Jakob, or at least my biggest criticism of Jakob is interior defense. You know he, he's pretty good, one of the best interior defenders. You know as far as centers go in the league, but as soon as you get him out of the paint. It's, you know, barbecue chicken for whatever guard pulls him out uh, because he cannot defend on that perimeter. You know, you, you mentioned Landale moving to the power forward. You could also move Eubanks to the power forward, but then it gets even more clogged up because then what happens to Luca's minutes? Yeah. What happens to, is Thaddeus Young even going to play anymore? Is our plan to package him and Aminu and you're going to just ship him out for a second rounder? Or are we going to trade Bryn? Because as someone commented earlier, Bryn, could be a little bit more valuable than Lonnie to a championship contender because Bryn is literally all he does is spot up and shoot. We saw that with Giannis and he's got championship pedigree. So he knows what's, what's coming. Um, you know, no matter how we figure out who's playing what position, Jude, one of these is going to be clogged, you know, like yeah. we can move someone somewhere else, but then we clog that lane up as well. So, yeah, I'm just trying to think of another thing here too. So, because I'm trying to think, everybody's talking about like Eubanks, right? That's that's what everybody's kind of talking about here in the chat. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I've been thinking about too and how he fits in. Because look, they're not going to, like Jock literally signed a contract. He didn't, And he didn't sign a two-way contract either. Mm-hmm. So they signed him to bring him in. Like whether he plays or not, that's another question. But they signed him to be on the NBA roster. And Eubanks' deal is meanwhile not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could like at the end of the day, if the Spurs really wanted to, they could. Ju- but OK, so here's the other thing, though. I was just at Spur- or I had a friend, one of our friends who's commenting earlier, works at Spurs camp and Eubanks was just showing up to do a workout for the kids. I don't know if they'd be bringing in a player they're about to cut 
to do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe that's just you know a coincidence that they brought him in. You know, but he did like a whole workout and everything. It's like why would they? These Spurs, like I don't think there's ever been a player who showed up to a Spurs camp and then has not been on the team the next year. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds crazy. I know that's very like you know this is like not even basketball related. I'm talking about an event that the Spurs put on. But like I think y'all y'all kind of get what I'm saying there too. It doesn't it doesn't really make sense also. And Finico, I see what you're saying. Unfortunately, I see Eubanks as the odd man out. When I look at this roster, it makes the most sense considering that he's the only contract left that's unguaranteed but then maybe some of these guys are on the move and maybe that makes me question maybe they're thinking about trading Lonnie I mean I I have no idea maybe they're gonna trade one of DeJounte and Derek still I mean but yeah the logical thing to do now when we've kind of gone through this whole roster because at center we have Jakob Eubanks Jock Landale and Zach Collins because I kind of agree with you guys too I think they'll I think they'll play Zach Collins more more at the center position um, even though he can play the four um, Eubanks having the only non-guaranteed contract left on the roster does kind of make him seem like the odd man out. Unfortunately, that's not a good sign, but I'm going to stick with my gut here. And something tells me that Eubanks is not the odd man out. Um, based on what I saw last year and based on what I heard from Ty Yeager's podcast interview um, that came out yesterday, Eubanks has been working a lot uh, you know on his on his jump shot primarily and he's been working with Ch- uh, chip england a lot as well it's al Farouk aminu we're trading him yeah yeah that, that might be the key but <laughs> buy aminu we can keep eubanks as of right now i like landale a lot and i like zach collins a lot zach collins will be hurt uh landale is the new kid on the block and you know the spurs are very old-fashioned in the sense yeah, that the new kid on play. the block, yeah, he's not going to play, which puts Eubanks as the backup center, at least until Zach Collins comes back. Which I don't hate. Once, it, like, mm-hmm. This is why it's good to have Drew Eubanks, because it's somebody who can play. You know, This yeah. is an example of depth. And another thing I, I didn't even think about, um, now that all the veterans are pretty much gone, other than, I guess, Thaddeus Young and Aminu, um, and Doug McDermott is <laughs> a veteran, uh, this might be... This might be competition time. We got ourselves like maybe an old school, like high school team where no one's spot is guaranteed. Week to week, we might have a new starting lineup. You know what I mean? We might have guys all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't mind that either. I don't mind that either because now Lonnie is looking around his shoulder. Am I being traded? Is Primo coming up? Maybe Wieskamp's going to move to shooting guard. I don't even know what's going on. Brent's here. Like, He's got to work. Another thing that that Rob brought up too is that maybe they have the idea of Lonnie and Devin this year battling it out for the backup shooting guard position, and the the whole idea of Bryn is for just to him come in and basically be a Udonis Haslam type of guy. There's a chance at that too. I really think that there could be a chance where we sign Bryn Forbes to just be a mentor to all these other young guys that are going through Mm -hmm. the same thing he went through. Um, But I think there's also a chance that he's the starting shooting guard. So <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about that. That honestly, I would not be surprised if game one, our starting lineup is DJ Bryn, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson at Jakob. I forgot about Chandler Hutchinson. God, um, we have another person on the roster. <laughs> Chandler Hutchinson. 
Oh, geez, man. You know what's bad? I really don't know anything about Chandler Hutchinson other than that yeah. he's a young, small forward player, which is a fifth small forward on the roster. Oh, no. <sighs> okay, so let me tell you about Chandler Hutchinson. Chandler Hutchinson was a pretty good shooting guard slash small forward um, from Boise State. He's kind of weirdly been bounced around the league. Um, and some people might be concerned necessarily about his fit, but I think it's just that he's an attractive young 6'6 wing who can shoot and play defense um, and is really more of a role player than somebody who's going to turn into, you know, like a star. So it's very easy to trade that contract and that type of player, if that makes sense. So I like what okay. June's saying and how he says he's good. He is good. It's, I mean, you can look up some tape on Chandler Hutchinson, even in NBA games. I think he's had some games where he scored a lot. Will he be a part of this roster moving forward? I it's hard to see it. I feel like him and Aminu yeah. are probably going to get shipped out. Um, yeah. But if for some like weird reason Chandler Hutchinson ends up being like our backup three or something, I know that sounds really weird and like it probably doesn't sound that attractive to Spurs fans. But if that happens, to be honest, he might be better than Doug McDermott. <laughs> I know, not as a shooter, but as a defender. So, like, like, and he can still shoot pretty well. So, like, I don't I'm know. not gonna, I'm not gonna go that far. No, I don't think that he's. Um, no, I think that he'd be better than Doug McDermott defensively, one hundred percent. Will he play? Absolutely not, because we signed Doug yeah. McDermott, and he was just somebody that we helped. Um, you know, make we literally the reason that we got Chandler Hutchinson, we didn't even trade anything for him. We got him in a second round pick so that the Wizards Lakers trade for Westbrook can work. And it's like a five team deal and it's super elaborate. And the Spurs didn't even trade anything. They were just like, the Wizards were like, hey, Spurs, can you please take Chandler Hutchinson in the second round pick? And the Spurs were like, what do we have to give up? And they were like, nothing. And we were like, sure. <laughs> so. I mean, I'll take him. He's another trade piece. Yeah. I mean, likely. like. At worst, yeah, he's probably just going to get traded like Aminu. And at worst, we got a free second round pick out of that. Yeah. So, okay. take it every time. But I did forget about Chandler Hutchinson. Oh, geez. I guess that's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's probably going to get traded with Aminu, though. There has to be another move that we make. But- Dylan, you don't got my man Eubanks on your center spot. <laughs> you better You better put some respect on my man's name. I don't think we have KBD anymore. I think we we waived his contract, didn't we, to make room? Yeah, yeah. He um unfortunately um he is not uh not on the roster anymore. No, we, yeah. we pulled his qualifying offer. Um, another thing that I saw up here, um, where is it? Fifteen players plus two way contracts. Another idea that that is another interesting idea. Like I doubt that um it'll happen. But maybe this year, just because we know Primo's not going to be on the roster, we may just give him a two-way contract too. Just because, like, hey, like, like, or, well, but the thing is, is since we drafted him first round, I don't even think we can give him a two-way, can we? Primo? Yeah. Uh, I, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't know, because I think there's a thing against, like, first-round picks. Even if they play the G League the whole year, like, their contract can't be two-way maybe i'm wrong on that um y'all can correct me in the comments um 
Yeah, I, I like what Finico said too. He said if he somehow remains on the roster, any contribution he makes is a bonus. I'm just trying to say Chandler Hud- Hutchinson is not a bum. Like he can yeah. play. D- he he is a promising young three and D role player wing. That's all I was trying to say about Chandler. But will he be on the roster? Most likely not. Uh-oh. My man June uh, June is getting a little <laughs> upset. He wants to know where Luca fits. We kind of talked about it. Uh, I think he's going to share minutes with Thaddeus Young at the four spot. At least at the start of the season, and then I think Jude he'll have backup minutes. Yeah, Jude mentioned that hopefully, if his confidence goes up and he starts contributing a little bit more, maybe he takes over like midway through the season, moves into that starting spot. Um, I just, I just really, really hope that he gets playing time because the last thing I want is for our power forwards to be Thaddeus Young, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins, or Eubanks, and then Luke is just relegated to sitting on the bench, and you know wilting away and then we'll eventually just let him go because we don't want to give him playing time uh, but I, I hope he shares minutes with Thaddeus Young yeah absolutely and you know with the Jock Landale thing I'm looking more at this roster and we can kind of talk about lineups or just like what poten- potential position groups could look like and potentially what we could have um, by some point you know maybe not this year but maybe next year if things work out the way that we want them to and development goes really well um for Luca, and then also um, for like a Jock Landale, we could potentially be looking going into next year with um, Luca Samanich and Jock Landale as your two fours. I mean, who knows? I mean, I know that's obviously looking way, uh, you know, ahead in the future, but right now we already have basically four centers on the roster and Jock talked about how he felt like he was more of a four. So why wouldn't you have it be, you know, Thad Young, Luca, and then Jock as the third stringer, you know? Yeah. To help space the floor, too. Because I know you have, like, Zach Collins, but like you said, it's probably going to be Jakob and Eubanks um, as the four. So he'll probably just be a backup four or five to start this year. But I'd love to see him play because I think that he has a lot of skills um, that that are versatile in today's NBA. So I'm sure he'll get to play some games. I don't think he'll get consistent minutes, but uh, we'll see what he's made of by the end of the season for sure with a roster as thick as this. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Finico, I liked what I liked what you said. Um, you said something earlier. I forget what it was, but um, I, I like that, that Luca. Yeah, Luca needs to get minutes this year. I think it was actually Dylan who said it. Yeah, Luca needs to start or get at least, yeah, he needs yeah. to get at least 15, 20 minutes a night. Um, and if he does start, give him the full minutes even if he's asked like you know like last year like if he's bad if he has a bad start like just let play him through it let him play through the mistakes you yeah know, it's don't just pull him you know like by halftime because that doesn't help anything so but the spurs are deep they are deep because it's like when you can go to a jock landale you know somebody who's played professionally for multiple years you know and played high level you know olympic and college basketball like when you can turn to him, you know, as you're after an injury, that's something that that is super beneficial. But um, do you want to get into some lineups? Yeah, for sure. I do want to to agree with my man Dylan real quick, though. They finally have decent defense shooting and slashers. Yes, uh, despite all the people that are, including us, occasionally hating on what the front office may have done or where they have missed and all that jazz. They addressed their two biggest needs, in my opinion, which was defending against bigger players. We got Thaddeus Young, we got Landale, we got Zach Collins, and then shooting. We got Doug McDermott, Wieskamp, Primo, Bryn, uh, 
And, you know, we moved Luca up a little bit, you know, as much as Luca has disappointed us, he's a capable shooter for a big guy. Uh, so we, we addressed our needs and now it's, now it's just up to these young guys to take the ball and run with it. Absolutely. And, you know, getting in the comments again, Will Carter, I think, uh, you know, you, there, there, I think there's definitely some promising, it's more promising for Jock to play um, because of, you know, playing against Team USA, playing against Pop, playing for that Olympic team with Patty Mills um, mm-hmm. and Aaron Baines, you know, prayers to Aaron Baines right now too. Yeah. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Um, but he, more importantly though, also what, what Finico says, what's exciting is the Spurs have a lot of options when it comes to the four five combo. Yes. And I didn't say that, but that's what I was trying to get out of my mouth for like this whole time talking about all these fours and fives is like because of the versatility, whether it's, you know, shooting or being able to, we have so many guys who are versatile. Jock can play the four or the five. If Eubanks' shot is looking really good, which from what we've heard behind the scenes, uh, I won't tell you guys that what we've heard behind the scenes, his jumper is looking a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. That could be somebody who could potentially switch from four to five. We know Thad can play the four and the five as well, even though he's a little smaller. Um, I mean, the list goes uh, basically Jakob is the only guy right now that it looks like um, that we, that we don't have versatility with who has to play, you know, the five specifically, but mm-hmm. for these lineups, um, Ethan, how do you want to go about this? I was thinking we could go one at a time and then just make starting lineups like each position. Okay, do you want to do starting lineups and or just just the starting lineup or like the full rotation? The of who full we rotation, yeah, okay. just ten, but just ten guys though, just ten. Guys. Okay, ten guys. Okay. Would do we want to start off with who we think or who we want? What we would do? I think we should do what we would do. What we would do? Okay. Yes. What we so, would do? So who would you start? And we'll get into the other stuff too because we want to cover both aspects. But this is the SSPN 2021-22 Spurs rotation, 10-man, as of August 7th, 2021. Yes, what we would do. Okay, my starting lineup. At the point guard, I'm going to run DeJounte Murray. Okay. Shooting guard, I'm going to run Lonnie Walker. Okay. At the three, Keldon Johnson. At the four, Thaddeus Young. And at the five, Jakob Pertl. And then my bench rotation will be Derek White as our playmaker, Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott, Luka Samanich, and Drew Eubanks. So let me get that bench again. So you've got Derek, um, Derek, Devin, yeah, Doug, Luka, and Eubanks. Eubanks. Yes. And this is this would be our opening night roster right now, I assume. This is just what I would do. This is not what yeah, I think the Spurs are going to do. Yeah, but but this is what you would do on opening night. Would you do this even if we had Zach Collins fully healthy? Yes. Okay. Respect. Respect. I'm a, yes, I'm going to go with that. Well, here's my thing. It's like, I don't know, this year. We've said this so many times, but we're not going to win the chip anyway. And then more importantly, it's like, I don't see, I I don't even hate the idea of just letting Zach Collins heal the whole year and seeing what we have in Luca and then running Zach next year. You you know what I mean? Like, I don't even Mm -hmm. mind that either. Um, So what do y'all, what do y'all think about that? Let's see what we have in the, uh, in the comments here. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate you. Um, Murray, Lonnie, Keldon, Luca, Podal. So June wants Luca to start. I don't hate it. That's what I did in 2K. And if I stick Luca in the G League there, it works out. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out in real life. Um, he's not a 78 right now. 
That's all I want. All I wanted was him and Trey Jones to be a 78 overall. <laughs> the same thing happened to me, dude. You're talking about Trey Jones becoming a 78 and Luka becoming a 78? Did that happen to you? Yeah, That happened to me. Yeah, literally yeah. the exact same thing. Literally, you just throw them in the G League and then yep. they're ready to play off the bench the next year. <laughs> but, um, okay, here. I'll give you my starting lineup. This is going to be... This is going to be tough. Okay, but if I had to... Because I don't want to... I like your lineup, but I don't want to do the same thing just because. <laughs> There's definitely room for changes in my lineup. I could see a couple other, I couple other to, things you could do. Yeah, but I need to go back to... Did I delete our whole roster? I think I did, unfortunately. Okay. Well... <laughs> Off the top of your head, Jude. Pressure's on. This is so, this is so much pressure. Okay. I'm going to go with... DeJounte, if I was going to start, if I was going to do this next year, I'll, I'll still go with Derek. I'd probably just go DeJounte, Derek, Keldon, Thad Young, Jakob. Um, and then we just kind of, that kind of just leaves. Oh, geez. Bryn Forbes is on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a backup. We need a backup. No, 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 no. We need a backup point guard. As much as I look at this, there's no way that I can do a roster I want if I don't start Lonnie. Like I could start Derek and sit Dejounte, but I just know that Dejounte would that would not work well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my roster is exactly the same because I'd rather play Devin Vassell over Bryn Forbes. Yeah, maybe too. I can't fault that. I think that's. I think that line. I didn't want to agree with close. you. I didn't want to agree with you. But like, like, and it wasn't even that I don't like your opinions. I just was like, mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, I wanted to have some variation for the show. But yeah, this is, I agree. That's, that's what I would do opening night too. Um, I will say though, if, if Zach Collins was fully healthy, I would start him over Drew. Sorry, Drew. Okay. But I can't if fault Drew that Eubanks, either. but if Drew Eubanks got that strap, Luca's out of there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, let's do what what we think is going to happen. Okay. Do you want me to go right. first? I'll go, go first? first since okay. last time, and I'm going to give you some variations. I'm going to throw you some BS just okay. to just to just to give you just to I don't know. I mean, I this is see. this is a possibility. I could see the Spurs doing this. Okay, so at point guard, we're going to have Dejounte at okay. um, at the starting two guard. We're going to have Bryn Forbes. Oh, okay. Um, He's not wrong. He's not wrong, guys. He's not wrong. I I don't think that... Like, I'm just thinking of the Spurs. Okay, at the three, actually at the three, we're going to go Doug McDermott. We're going to go Keldon at the four. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to have Jakob at the five, which leads us off the bench with Derek... Wait no, actually, with this no, I don't think. Actually, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take Forbes off the starting lineup. I'm gonna put Derek in there, but it's gonna be Dejounte, Derek, Doug McDermott, Keldon, and Jakob. And then off the bench, we're gonna have we're gonna have Lonnie Walker playing the point, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> then we're gonna have Bryn Forbes as our backup too. Then at the three. Uh, wait, who do we still have 
at the three. You have uh, Devin and Luca and Wieskamp. Because you started Kelvin at the four, so that puts Devin. Okay, as no, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to have Al Farouk Aminu play the three. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to have Thaddeus Young at the four. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> and then... And then we're gonna have uh Oh <laughs> Should God. I wait no 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 take Alfred Aminu out and put in Chandler Hutchinson. Oh <laughs> going deep. He going deep. Yes, Chandler Hutchinson Ooh. and Eubanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right well, now, guys, our our my backup, and this was genuinely I was trying to pick the best player available like i'm trying yeah. to pick like i like i was trying to pick i didn't want to pick devin because i don't think the spurs are going to play him so this is just out of what we have and i think chandler hutchinson is better y'all might not know about him but he's way better than alfred Camino, let me tell you that at this point in his career um but yeah i don't think but but as for the starting lineup with Dejounte, Derek, doug mcdermott Keldon Jakob, i don't think that's unrealistic at all Maybe the backup of Lonnie Walker, Bryn Forbes, Chandler Hutchinson, Thaddeus Young, and Eubanks. Yeah, that might be a little off, but only probably by one position. Okay, that's that's scary, but it's very likely that what you just said <laughs> is probably like, going to happen. Like, like I'm looking at this right now, and I'm like, wait, Chandler Hutchinson is the best remaining three on the roster. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, your turn, Ethan. All right. I'm going to have a little more faith Dylan in, says my, in my front so. office. Um, I'm gonna he have says, a, stop it. How is, how is Handler, how is, how is Chandler? Tell me what is, when was the last time that Alfaruk Aminu got minutes? I'm not saying that when, when Alfaruk Aminu was 28, look, I still think today he can play defense and be a three and D four who can also maybe play the three, but Oh, oh no, he said Hutchinson is better than Aminu. Stop it! Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think oh, that okay, yeah. Chandler. Yeah, I think that Chandler Hutchinson. I was is... about to pull up my man Aminu's <laughs> stats for the last like four seasons. Just no, to yeah, prove your I've, point for you. Yeah, no, he is an underrated defender for sure. Like I said, he's a great. He is a great. He's a great defender. He's a great wing defender. But I just personally, I think that Chandler Hutchinson, at this point in his career, at the age that Alfred Aminu is at is um mm. is a better player but maybe not maybe they play off rukaminu over him i could see that too you know what jude i'm i but agree let with me you. give you your roster let me stop <laughs> yeah i i agree with you but i'm gonna differentiate myself here okay uh, for the for sake sure. of differentiating myself i don't think put, what i said will happen but i mean it might but i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a little more faith that yes. the front office people are watching our show because we know <laughs> <laughs> They just listen to us. We would be eighty-two and zero, right, Jude? Because yes. we know so much about basketball. We're the yes. goats. Okay. Anyway, yes. I'm kidding, of course. If anyone gets mad at me in the comments, uh, Dejounte Murray, Derek okay. White, Keldon Johnson, Thaddeus Young, Jakob Pertle. That's I think is the as a likely starting lineup. I hope, and and I, if this is the case, I will be. Even though there's some questions. Um, especially with Thad's jumper. It has not been the same of late. Um, the front office is listening. They're always <laughs> listening, Gregory. But I still like the... Um, I, I just like having the two like traditional four and five because yeah. I think that DeJounte, Derek, and Kelton can do enough scoring-wise and even shooting-wise to, mm-hmm. to make up for that. 
All right, my bench. My bench, I think. I think they're going to play Bryn at the backup point. I and, and I that was another thing that I thought might be a little bit more realistic than Lonnie. And they've talked about that just because he knows the offense. And remember, whenever um, it was either DeJounte or Derek was hurt when Bryn had to run the backup mm-hmm. um, point duty. So he's done it before. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, Emmy's. We're not necessarily agreeing that Bryn should be in the rotation. This is just what we think is going to unfortunately this happen. Is, yeah, we think yep. he's going to be our backup point guard. Lonnie Walker at the two. Doug McBuckets at the three. Lucas Samanich at the four, but that could very well not be true. You think uh, that could maybe be Aminu? I could Landale. see that being Aminu or Landale or Eubanks. I could see any of those three games. Because, yeah, with this this whole – y'all just – look, man, y'all do not sleep on the prospect. Remember a while back when we said, what if what if Drew Eubanks could shoot the basketball? Just just keep that. Keep that thought in mind. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I – would, I'm going to say Lucas Amish is our backup for only because I, I so, so hope that that – I genuinely true. think they'll play him. I know yeah. he's hurt right now, but I think they have to play him. If they don't play yeah. him, then they already don't believe in him. Yeah. The reason he's not in summer league, Eric Pacina, is because he actually is still nursing a foot problem that he had this summer. Yes. That is the reason he's not playing. I don't know if he was healthy, if he but would play or not, not. But It's not severe. No, it's, it's not. It's, yeah, it's just it's a more like they just want him to be 100% yeah, healthy. Exactly. So that would make the bench lineup Bryn, Lonnie, Doug, Luca, Eubanks, which to be mm-hmm. honest, shooting-wise – Four of those guys are decent, yeah. like, you know, are B, B plus or B, B shooters and above, other than Eubanks. Yeah. The, re- the real only big issue with that, if that is their lineup, is four of those guys are not defenders. And Eubanks, is, Eubanks to me is a good defender, but Bryn, nope. Lonnie, sometimes. Lonnie, Lonnie has all the physical tools to be a fantastic mm-hmm. perimeter defender. He does. He just hasn't. He hasn't proven he, that he's the mental. Yet. It's the mental yeah. and the and the fundamentals that he has to get through. Doug McBuckets never been a, never been known as a defender. Lucas no. Amanich never been known as a defender. <laughs> well, yeah. Let me let me say though. Look, and I know this is like one Pelicans game, but if y'all go mm-hmm. to Spurs film room, we've been on there. Shout out to Rob. We've mentioned him a bunch of times on here. There is some tape of Luca doing some promising things on defense it's mainly post defense it's not perimeter defense he's still like he can he he can't he knows like he knows the fundamentals he knows the spurs fundamentals he can get in a defensive stance guys are still going to mostly drive past him for the most part right now but Mm -hmm. when it comes to his post rotation of like switching on different bigs he actually has some potential there it was more like it was something that i wasn't expecting whenever i pulled up that lucas samanich tape you know, mm-hmm. for him to be a versatile defender when he's guarding Zion and, you know, Steven Adams or whoever. But he did a pretty good job. So I was like, oh, wow, he's actually got some post-defense potential, which I didn't think yeah. was going to happen. And that's really promising when you consider that we're wanting these bigs that we have to be able to play in the post as well as be able to be shooters. And so yeah. Luke he, like Lonnie, man. has those tools. Like you yes. said, he has the tools. But my my man, Big Daddy Eubanks, locking down the paint. Ain't nobody going <laughs> to score on Eubanks. Um, that's just yeah. a given. That's just a fact. Y'all know that. Y'all know that like I know that. That Luca Eubanks pick and roll is going to go crazy. <laughs> oh, bro, I cannot wait. Pick with Lonnie, Bryn, and Doug on the outside. Dude, Lonnie, pick and roll with my man Luca. Luca's going to catch it at the elbow, throw it up. Eubanks going to run baseline and throw that shit down, bro. It's going to happen. 
He oh. has, I agree with you, June. He does have to rebound better. Um, nowhere near D-League grade of activity. Eubanks is garbage. How is Eubanks garbage? Look, Eubanks, Eubanks is undersized, yes. But Eubanks... I don't. Eubanks plays hard every time he's out there. He dunks on people. He has big blocks against people. He plays good post defense. You'd be Goals careful about that, rail, Eubanks. Eubanks good slander. Screens. I'm about to put my man. If we didn't have him last on. year, yeah, yeah, we would have been in trouble. We would. I'm, I'm. I will put you in timeout, sir. I have that capability, <laughs> Eubanks no, slander. But but I understand where you're coming from, though. We definitely. I, I'm I'm not mad at you for wanting a Eubank, an upgrade over Drew Eubanks though, June. We're not mad at you for that. <laughs> we just I love, am. We we just love some Drew Eubanks on the show. Okay. Um, nice moments, but not consistent. That's you know to be nice we, moments. Okay. But if we were, I'm upset. Him, I'm heated, Jude. You're heated. Yeah. <laughs> Hold me back, Jude. <laughs> June, I will. Oh. I will. I will say though, there there's some truth. <laughs> we can we can take ourselves out of our Eubanks are you banks, you know, bubble and we can understand that yes, he does need to be a little bit more consistent. There were some times that he was taken advantage of out there on the floor. <laughs> Ethan's like the mad little second grader. Yeah. I'm not talking the rest of the show. Okay. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but oh, gosh. Yeah, look, <laughs> here's the thing. When you banks, when you banks comes out and and in his, you know, he's just got this new skill that allows him to play other positions. It's going to be over. So, I'm about to pin my man's message right there. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, do you want to run with? I mean, I feel like those are pretty much honestly like I don't really see any other lineup variations other than because I mean, what we did was kind of the other variation where you put Derek at the at the backup point. You know, unless like I mean, we could we could throw some lineups. We're like. We're gonna run Josh Primo, Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Wee's Camp, uh, and and Landale off the bench. Like you know, like, you know, but that's not gonna happen. There's just no way. <laughs> I, I won't. Um, I won't put it past the Spurs if they went and they did like an eleven man rotation. I wouldn't hate that. Is the thing you know, I do that in two K. Yeah, like I, I could totally the see them doing that. I could see them doing that, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if I hope, I hope what I'm saying is that what was he saying? You will get destroyed in practice by the Aussie big. We just signed. How much money you want to put on it? Oh, M Easy, I'll bet my life savings that you, you makes gonna put that man in the spin that, cycle. No, I don't think that. I don't. I actually don't agree with that. I don't. Eubanks is much more of a physical and a much more denser, denser player. Than, than jock if you watch jock like that's why jock said he feels like more of a four um and he said it himself right uh, the summer league death lineup <laughs> yes yes greg um okay zinder picks who's y'all starting five here we we just we did it a little while ago but i'll give it for you since you just popped in so we had our starting five um well actually never mind i deleted them um, but we had we had we had Lonnie we had Lonnie at the two and we moved Derek off the be- uh, to the bench for him to kind of have that six man role and to, to keep our um, our bench a little bit more um, uh, even and to actually have a real point guard on the bench too. So that's what we rolled with. But. Jude, it was a joke, but it's starting to become real. What <laughs> my man, you banks is not low output. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Man, June's getting under my skin. <laughs> Dude, I hope my, my, my man's a double-double machine. Double-double machine. Uh, Our summer league roster does need a lot of work. Yeah. But that's, but that's why they're going to play. They're going to play through it. No, and, and that on another, I guess I, this will be kind of my final thoughts on all the things that we had planned for the show. But just talking about our summer league roster, with all of the stuff that we talked about playing Devin Vassell and how we've wanted to play him for a long time, when I see him make some mistakes in summer league, it kind of does remind me, okay, he's still 20 years old. And like, he does still have some things that like, like if mm-hmm. you're an NBA, NBA player, like we saw it with Kelton, Kelton would just dominate every game in the G league or the summer league. And that's just, you know, that hasn't with, with all of that being said, Devin Vassell did have 27 last night. Um, so it's not like he's still putting up almost 30, but at the same time, like when you see some of his mistakes that he's still making out there against basically G leaguers, um, it does make you kind of, you know, come back down to earth a little bit and understand where the Spurs are coming from a little bit more. Um, but it's nothing, not saying I agree with it, but I just understand when I see these little mistakes by these young guys in against the people they're playing against, and that's no offense to the guys they're playing against. They're still playing some of the highest level basketball in the world. Um, but at the same time, it you, it you see their side a little bit more. But Sorry, I'm typing right now. I'm listening to you. I'm just uh... no. That, you're good. You're good. That was that was all I had really to say there. And yes, post your starting lineups in the comment. Thank you so much, Greg. And yes, drop a like as well. If you like this, if you're a Spurs fan, you can subscribe to our channel. It's called SSPN. Also, if you join this just now and you're missing it, this will be uploaded on YouTube as well. It may take a little bit. Sometimes it does. But also we have a podcast feed that you can go check out. And usually the audio is up like within like 10, 15 minutes of the episode ending. Um, so for some reason you can't find it on YouTube, just look up SSPN on um on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them. So. Perfect. Jude, I'm about to go uh, swipe up on every single one of Drew Eubanks's posts and just comment goat emoji. That's what I'm going to do. I think that this is the way. I think it's the way. Blame Pops, who jerked around the cell last year with his playing time. Pause. Hey, hey, yes. (laughs) But, but, hey, look, Pops, pop. Pop's a gold medalist now. Kellen's a gold medalist now. Yeah. That's what matters. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of, you know, uh, <laughs> y'all are funny. Y'all are funny in the comments, man. You go, yes, sir. Yes, and yes, Summer sir. League players, not not good at all. Will Jock be there? Jock is not going to be in the Summer League because he just got done playing the Olympic League. So I think he got his Summer League in. <laughs> I think he got his Team USA minutes in. You know what I mean? Um so yeah, lots of development for these guys. And once again, guys, we have a brand new team. We made the big moves. Like for all of the questions that we just talked about and maybe potential concerns, this is a new day for the Spurs. Mm. We have turned the page. And now let's see if DeJounte Murray and Derek White can carry this ragtag group of goons to the to the playoffs. Keldon Johnson, too. I think that's oh, our yeah. big I think that's our big three right now. Okay. Last final question is our big three on the Spurs right now. Obviously not a championship big three, but just the big three, if you will. Is it Keldon, uh, DeJounte, Derek? Do you think that's what it is, or do you think it's somebody else? Yeah. As far as what the front office is thinking um, for the future, those those are the big three. Okay. Yeah. 
in my opinion. I, I think they're the big three on the team this year too. Like, mm. I just think that those are the three most talented players. Like, those are the players that, like, whenever other teams come and play us, those are going to be the guys that they're worried about on the scouting report. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, if Lonnie could take that next step, it'd be great. Um, and, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, I guess, that's my final statement on today's stream. We went about an hour and a half, the longest one we've done so far. So thank you guys for hanging out. About 50 viewers in here. We appreciate you guys. Um, mm-hmm. You can go ahead and follow uh, myself and or Ethan on Twitter. Um, you know, that's where we post basically anytime there's any sort of news about the show or, you know, the show has been uploaded or anything like that. You can go ahead and find it there. We tweet about it all. I was updating the graphic there because it just had my name <laughs> on it, but now it has yours. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter. There it is right there. Um, and hey, June, thank you yeah, for thanks, interacting and being in here. And uh, yes, Derek White is 27, but we haven't seen prime Derek White yet. He's been hurt, and he's going to come back afro. Maybe he, should, maybe he should shave off the afro. Maybe that's throwing off his balance. No, the maybe afro, maybe the afro is the what afro makes gone. Derek afro. I don't, I, that didn't make sense. But it, the afro is what makes Derek Derek. That's mm. what I was trying to say. But anyways, y'all, we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for stopping in. Um, Go Spurs, go. We'll see y'all later.